Do you get like pumped for Christmas or do you get pumped like two days before? You know, two days before. I get pumped the Christmas. I'm like, well, it's over now. True. Every year it's coming. The lights and the ornaments and the trees means it's coming. Um, I have a weird relationship with Christmas. I haven't historically always liked Christmas. I couldn't really tell you why. Don't judge me yet. I can't, I just, it wasn't Christmas and Jesus' birth. It was just everything around it, like the hustle and bustle and the traffic and like waiting in super long lines to get Christmas gifts and people get grumpy and I was just over it. But this year I've gotten really excited for Christmas for some reason. Um, I think that I've been looking more into the Advent story. And if you don't know what Advent is, um, Advent means the coming or anticipation of Jesus. And so if you ever hear someone mention the Advent season or an Advent calendar, or maybe you were like me and your mom lights the Advent candles, um, that's a way to celebrate and anticipate the coming of Jesus, right? And so that's what this whole season is about. And that's why I think it's so exciting for me this year is because I'm starting to understand This is about way more than the presents and the lights and the festivities. While those are all great, the Christmas season is a time to focus our minds and our hearts on the coming of Jesus, which should be the most exciting thing for us as believers. Um, So we're in a new series this morning called The Problem with Christmas. Um, And while Christmas is many things, um, Christmas or Jesus' birth changed all of history. It changed the direction that humanity was going. It changed everything. And so we're going to talk about that over the next three weeks. Um, But today, my main idea, big point that I want you to get is that Christmas changed the story of history. So Jesus' birth or Christmas change the story of history. And I'm going to talk to you about why I think that is. But first, I want to talk about stories. Everybody has a story. All of our lives have a story to them. I could tell you someday about me and Kyle's dating story. It's very funny and awkward and weird. And now we're married. But every season of life, everything has a story. And so I have compiled for you a few storylines, if you will, of some of my favorite movies. Um, I'm going to see if you can guess what these movies are based on just the plot line or the story, the main idea fit into 140 characters. So it's essentially a tweet. So I want you to guess what these movies are. I think that you can do it. The first one is this, a cowboy toy and an astronaut toy. must overcome their differences to find their way back home to their loving owner. Hilarity ensues. You are correct. It is the first Toy Story, which there is a fourth one coming out soon, I believe, which is awesome. We'll go see that together. Um, They cannot die. We will see that together, which, side note, if you're not doing anything, if you're not doing anything after church today, you should come see Wreck-It Ralph Breaks the Internet with us at 1250, Harkins on Shea. Come. We want you there. Today, after church, 12.50. If you need a ride, talk to me or Matt. You can go home and then go, however you wish to do it. All right, I've got another story for you. Okay. Two monsters make a living out of scaring children until the cutest kid ever finds her way into their world and their hearts. It is Monsters, Inc. Yes, one of my favorites. 
These are actually pretty easy, but I like the explanations. A protective dad fish and a forgetful friend fish swim across the ocean to find the dad's son who's been taken to a dentist fish tank. Yes. All right, we've got two more for you. A family of superheroes uses their unique powers to overcome a really angry bad guy with really great hair. It is the Incredibles. Did y'all see the second one? It's pretty good. Okay, this is my last one for you. Then I'll tell you why we're talking about stories today. Two very different, I was like, I didn't even know it was behind me. Two very different monsters in college try to prove their scariness through games. Turns out one of them isn't scary, but yay for friendship. It is Monsters University. That is actually one of the most underrated Pixar movies, in my very humble opinion. So today, we're talking about stories and why Christmas changed the story of history. Um, in order to know um, how Jesus, Jesus coming into the earth and living with us changed all of history, we have to know the full story, right? We have to know every little piece that was happening that made Jesus coming to earth so revolutionary. Um, we have to know the different twists and turns of the story that um, made Jesus' coming so huge and so exciting and so real to us today. Um, so in order to tell you that story, I'm going to tell it to you through the Lego version of um, the Bible, which is fun. The Bible is fun, but the Lego version is really fun. So we're gonna, I'm going to tell you all a story. It's story time. Um, but first, we have to go back to the very beginning. We have to go back to Adam and Eve. So there's this crazy story where these two people um, are living in this paradise, right? God made for them um, everything that they needed. There was lush gardens, and there was vegetation, and um, there was beauty, and they had everything that they needed. Um, Adam, or I'm sorry, God made Eve out of Adam's rib, right? And so that Adam could have a companion. So every day they get to walk in the cool of the garden and God is with them. Um, they get to experience God right there because everything is perfection. Um, God gives them one rule, right? One little small rule. He says, you can eat from anything. You can eat from any tree in the garden, but don't eat from that tree right there, which seems like a pretty simple request. <laughs> and we have to wonder, why couldn't they just follow that one rule? They only had one rule, eat from any tree, but don't eat from that one tree. Now, unfortunately, there was a sneaky, big, fat, ugly snake in the garden. And he slithers his way towards Adam and Eve, and he tells them, what are you talking about? You can't eat from that tree. Um, and he, he confuses them, right? He tells them, God doesn't want you to eat from that tree because he knows that if you do, you're going to turn into gods and you're going to have all this knowledge and all this power. Um, so he starts to question for them God's goodness. They start to get confused. They start to question God, whereas before they never did. They just believed him and they understood him and they were companions with God, right? So what do you think they do? Yes, they eat the tree, or, sorry, they eat the fruit from the tree, the one tree that they weren't supposed to eat from, and we see the first time that humanity is struck by shame and by fear and by doubt, right? Before, they didn't worry about anything. They didn't even worry about their clothing. They were just content. They were with God. They had everything that they needed, but when they ate of the tree, they started to feel shame and to feel um, 
just that sin and that death come upon them because they disobeyed God, right? So God sends them out of the garden um, because they can't be there with him anymore, right? They've, they've defied his one rule that he put into place, so he sends them out. But something really crazy happens here. He tells them, someday, all of this is going to be restored. Someday, all of this sin that's entered the world now that you've defied um, my command for you, someday it's all going to be restored through a person. Um, but you're going to have to go for now and wait. So this is where our story begins. We see um, the first sin that we see when death enters the world. But we also have this promise, right? It's a small promise. We know that someday someone's going to come and restore all this brokenness and all this sin that entered. So now our story continues with this guy named Abraham. This is the very first guy that God calls out as being a father of many nations. God says, through your line, through, your, through the generations that are going to come after you, is going to come the Savior of the world. And so Abraham's like, I'm just a man. And his wife is like, I'm just a woman. But they follow God's obedience. But ultimately, the Savior is an Abraham, right? Our story continues. So next we see Judah, who is a descendant of Abraham. Um, and we hear this promise again. We hear God say, you're going to, someone through your line is going to restore creation. They're, it's going to, that person that comes through the line of Judah is going to restore humanity. They're going to bring peace again, and it's going to come through um, that person's wounds, whoever that is. And so some people think, like, maybe Judah is the Messiah, but ultimately he's not. And so after Judah, we see King David. And um, if you know anything about King David, he got into some mishaps along the way. He was a powerful king and somebody that people looked up to, but he also got into trouble. And so um, there were some people who thought, maybe King David is the Messiah, but he really messed up along the way. He, um, just like us, walked in sin. And so... We see, we see King David, he falls. We see more people come through that line and they fall into idols and power and money and sin and all this bad stuff just keeps happening to all the leaders that come after. And so we're waiting for Messiah. We're waiting for this person who's gonna restore creation back to how it should be. But we just keep seeing humanity just kind of mess it up. They're like a bunch of chumps who just come and we think maybe, 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 that person's going to be the one who can save the world, but they mess it up. And so we have this period of darkness and doubt, and people start to lose hope because they're waiting, right? They're waiting. They know that at one point, creation was perfect. It was all that it should be. There was no sin. There was no evil. There was no murder. But because sin entered the world, now we're waiting, right? We're waiting for someone to come and to restore it all. And so I wonder at this point, who they thought this person was going to be. Did they think that it was going to be this powerful, mighty king who was going to come and slay all the armies who were um, stacked up against him? Or did they think that it was going to come in the form of a baby? Like, if you think about it, what their mindset was, they were waiting for somebody, but maybe they didn't know who they were waiting for. They had heard these prophecies in the Bible of what this king may be like and what his character may be. But um, I wonder if they just... They started to lose hope. They started to lose hope for this promise that God promised them from the beginning. So there's this period of darkness um, and of doubt and of just loss of hope. But we start to see these prophets who come and they start 
um, reiterating that promise that God already said and reminding people that the Savior is coming, the Messiah is coming, the person who's going to save all of humanity is still coming. One of those prophets is Isaiah, if you've ever heard of him. Um, the book of Isaiah has a ton of prophecies. of, if, And if you don't know what a prophecy is, it's a foretelling of Jesus, right? So it's prophesying what will be or what is coming. And so in the book of Isaiah, we see lots of um, whisperings of Jesus, right? And that maybe he's coming. Maybe the Messiah is coming. Um, one of those is in Isaiah 7, 14. It says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. So this is way before Jesus comes, but there's this foretelling that Christ is coming, that the Savior is coming. So that gets us, that gets us to today, where we find ourselves. Today, um, we're going to talk about, I'm going to read you the first part of the first chapter of Matthew, and we're going to be exploring that over the next three weeks. But we find ourselves um, at the birth of Jesus, right? Um, and if you know the story, you know that um, an angel came to Joseph and he told him, hey, your soon-to-be wife is going to be pregnant with the Son of God. Jesus is going to come through you. And Joseph is like, what the heck? No way. But it happens, right? And so we, we know that through Mary and Joseph comes Jesus, baby Jesus, who will be the Savior of the world, who's going to restore creation back to how it should be. Um, and that's where we find ourselves today. So Matthew 1 is where um, the Bible talks about the birth of Jesus. It says this. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this has occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child, she will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife, but he did not have relations with her until her son was born, and Joseph named him Jesus. So we see in Matthew, right? Baby Jesus has come. They call him Emmanuel because now God is with us, right? We're not alone anymore. We're not stuck in our sin and the death and the brokenness that Adam and Eve um, brought on to the world, right, through our humanity. Now we have hope. Now we know that God is here. He's with us. He's going to restore everything back to how it should be. So Christmas changed the story of history, um, now our story is a story of hope instead of despair, right? Um, before, before Jesus came, before he restored um, everything that was broken, our story was despair, right? We didn't have any hope. But because Jesus came, we have hope. Um, and if you've uh, followed along with us, if you know Jesus, you know that Jesus will grow up to die on a cross for our sins, Right? So we don't have to worry about what we've done. We don't have to live in that shame or that fear that Adam and Eve lived in because we know that Jesus is here, that he's still with us, that he's coming and he's going to restore the earth. He is restoring the earth. So our story now is a story of hope and not despair. 
Um, And so as we continue in the Christmas season, I hope that you keep that with you. I hope that amidst all the craziness and chaos of Christmas and presents, that you remember what the true um, and first gift was, right? The gift was that we have hope now, um, that there is light in the darkness where it was only dark before, right? Um, And that's what we come back to during the Advent season. We think towards the coming of Jesus. We remember that he has come and he's going to come again someday. Um, So I want to pray that over you. I know that Christmas is super fun and awesome and also kind of stressful and there's family stuff and you probably have a multitude of of experiences with Christmas and hopefully you're looking forward to it. But I hope this Christmas season that you look forward to who Jesus is, knowing that he is our hope. So... Lord, thank you so much that um, you brought hope where there was only despair before, um, that you bring hope um, in the parts of our lives that don't seem like they make sense, and maybe all the pieces don't fit together, Lord, that you are Emmanuel, that you are God with us. Um, Thank you for all these students. I pray that you would um, just draw them to you, that they would know who you are and know that you are their hope. And we love you. Thank you for the opportunity to gather together. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Y'all have a great day. Come see.